Floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement project. Call us now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Call us now if you have a New Year's resolution that has to do with your house, your home, your castle, because we will help you achieve that project. Get that resolution. Take that one right off your list because we are here to help you get it done. Now, we're not going to come to your house and swing the hammer and pick up the power tools, but we'll do the next best thing. We will talk you through it, but you got to help yourself first by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up this hour on the program, we're going to have some news about a construction material that's potentially dangerous. It's called corrugated stainless steel tubing, or CSST. Now, you probably have seen this stuff around your house. It's a flexible alternative to iron gas lines, but if it's installed incorrectly, it's a major fire hazard. We're going to help you figure out if you have CSST in your home, and if so, how do you make sure it was installed the correct way? And also ahead this hour, being that it is a brand spanking new year, you're probably getting your list together and thinking about home improvement projects that you want to tackle. Well, we want to make sure that you don't bite off more than you can chew at one time. We're going to have some advice to help you plan your projects so you can learn to walk before you run. And you should definitely run if you've still got those holiday decorations up. You know, you can't leave them up till Valentine's Day. Very <laughs> <not>? bad form. <laughs> We've got a few tips, a few tricks, and a few techniques to help you get those decorations down and stored away properly to make next year's celebration that much easier. And this hour, we're giving away a great prize to help you go green in your home. We're giving away a kilowatt electricity meter. It's worth 30 bucks. It's a handy little gadget from our friends over at CableOrganizer.com. And it helps you figure out which electricity electrical items in your home are using the most electricity so you know where you can save. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Calling from Illinois, we've got Sue, whose home is cracking up. What can we do to help? (laughs) Hi, yes. (laughs) Well, I've done, uh, I have a 200-year-old house, and uh, as you might guess, I've got a lot of plaster walls. I applied um, skim coat to most of the cracks about seven years ago, and they're back. And um, I want to know what else I can do. Uh, One specifically upstairs in the hallway goes vertically from essentially just the roof line all the way down to the baseboard. And that one actually has a little bit of a bow to it. So that scares me more than anything else. So if there's a bow to it, what's happening is the plaster is separating from the lath behind it. And there's not going to be an easy correction for that. That is the plaster deteriorating. And the option is really to skim that wall with another layer of drywall or to break off the loose plaster and then replaster it. Now, the solution for the cracks is different. Um, When you just do a skim coat on top of that, that plaster that you put on top is not elastic, so it's not going to expand and contract with the old crack. What you need to do is use a piece of fiberglass drywall tape that looks sort of like netting. 
it's perforated and you apply that to the crack first and then you spackle on top of that or plaster on top of that two or three layers and that is going to adhere enough where the wall can expand and contract without the crack showing through but just to put more plaster on top of the cracked plaster is not going to solve it the same way it's difficult to solve with a cracked sidewalk anything that's moves like that uh, it has to have something in it that's elastic and very sticky and if you use the tape that'll solve it actually i did use the tape you did use the tape. Well, I did. Okay. Now, did you use paper tape or fiberglass tape? The fiberglass. Well, let's just review how you did it. Did you sand the wall to get rid of all of the old paint first? Hmm. Probably not. <laughs> because that could be like a layer of grease in between the tape and the wall. And could cause that tape to slip right off as soon mm -hmm. as there's any exactly. movement. So that's okay. probably what happened. That is the solution. And if it's sanded, remove the old paint. There's nothing loose underneath it and then put the tape back on there. You're going to have to pull the old repair out now, by the way. But just do a good uh -huh. job sanding that, uh, and that should cover it. Now, if the bulge is not too bad, you may want to try to spackle over that. Uh, and as a, on a wall, we're not as concerned as it when you have a bulge in the ceiling because that plaster can actually fall. It's pretty darn heavy. Don't ask me why I know. I just do. <laughs> and it can hurt you. <laughs> okay? Yes. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, Thank thanks you. so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call with your home improvement or your home repair question. Whatever is on your resolution list, we can help you tackle it tick by tick by tick. We'll get them all done. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. It's a new year. It's time to tackle new home improvement projects. And if you're a brave do-it-yourselfer and not afraid of a challenge, good for you. If not, we've got some tips on what to take on first and how to build up that weekend warrior status. That's all coming up next. And it all starts with war paint. <laughs> on the Money Pit Radio Show. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should be part of the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know what you're working on, how we can lend a hand to help you get your projects done right. And as an added bonus, one of the callers, one of you all who gets on the air this hour is going to win a great prize. We're giving away a kilowatt electricity meter. It's worth 30 bucks. Now, this little tool is going to help you assess the efficiency of all your electric appliances around the house so that you can then calculate the cost of the appliance by the day, week, month, or year. Then you know, eh, maybe I shouldn't really have the TV on all the time or the cable box. You'll know where you're spending your money and if it's worth it. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, so give us a call for your answer and your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Okay, if you are a budding do-it-yourselfer, perhaps somebody who just occasionally wants to tackle a project themselves, you need to make sure the projects you choose are realistic and within your abilities. Start with a simple repair or a small paint job, for example, and remember when to say when. A small repair job can easily get out of hand. Remember the three most expensive words in home improvement are might as well. 
That the worst thing that you can do, though, is to let your fear sort of paralyze you so that you don't get anything done. If you need some help, invite a handy friend or a relative to look over your shoulder, but try not to do all the work yourself. By taking baby steps, you leave yourself some learning room and be able to successfully complete those projects and feel very rewarded as opposed to defeated. Now, if you're looking to feel rewarded on a weekly basis, we've got the Money Pit e-newsletter. It is a great issue that goes into your inbox. It's absolutely free. It is filled with home improvement information, project ideas, product recommendations, all sorts of wonderful information to help you tackle all of your home improvement chores around the house, which, of course, we know aren't chores because you love to do them. A chore might be washing your dishes, but that's definitely not on your New Year's home improvement list. So shoot us an email. Head on over to MoneyPit.com. Sign up for our our e-newsletter. It comes to your inbox every Friday. It is great. It's free. There is no reason not to get it. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. We are standing by to help you get that project done. Who's next? Will in Utah need some help with a fencing project. What can we do for you? Yeah, you guys talked about uh, decks and how to take care of them. How do you take care of a fence? I've got a fence that some of the posts are starting to rot in the ground. I was just wondering if there's a preventative way without having to rip all the fences up and redo them, the posts. So it's the posts and not the pickets? Yeah, it's the posts in between the middle that holds the others up. And they're and the posts are rotted? Yeah, they're starting to rot, and in heavy winds, they're starting to, you know, the whole fence is starting to come down. Mm. Well, listen, if the post is rotted, we can't give you a miracle cure for that because that's the main structural member of this assembly that's keeping it up. What we can tell you is that is if you replace those posts, that the best way to do that is without concrete, is to drop the new post into a carefully cut hole, fill the sides with stone, tamp it down, and this way it drains for very well and is not likely to rot again. Mm-hmm. So you're not supposed to use concrete? No, because that's uh, like wrapping sponges around the bottom of the post, keeps it wet all the time. We want to make sure the water drains around it doesn't sit next to it. It's the most common practice, and it's okay to do, but eventually you're going to get this breakdown. All right. Is there any chemicals or anything you need to treat the posts with before you put in the ground? Or? Well, I would recommend you use a pressure-treated pressure treated. post. Okay. Because that's just not going to rot ever again. All right. Lois in Texas, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a problem with my water in my bathrooms or throughout the house turning yellow and it's coming out of both the hot water heater or the hot water line and the cold water line. I've had the plumber. He thinks, you know, that there could be granules or rust in the water heater, which is about 12 years old, but it's coming out of the cold water taps as well. I've had the city check the outside line. My neighbors are not having a problem. It is my problem. So I don't know, you know, I'm ready to restore you know, replace the water heater if necessary, but it's puzzling to me that when I turn the faucets on specifically in the master bathroom, that it also, this yellowy stain comes out of the cold water tap as well, and then after you run it a while, it clears up. So that's my problem is what else could it be? I have copper piping, so I don't know where this is coming from. Lois, when you have yellowish water, it's generally caused by iron in the water. Right. Now, typically, if it was an older house, we'd say, well, that could be coming from the pipes, but it could be coming from the water company itself. What you really need to do is to test your water for iron. Now, if it turns out that your iron uh, numbers are pretty high, you're going to need a filtration system. There's 
uh, a number of different types of filtration systems that will take this out. Um, the good news is that it's not unhealthy. It's really just a it's cosmetic just issue. It's unpleasant, and certainly it can actually affect the taste of the water, too, but it's not going to make you sick. Okay. All right. Well, we'll give that a try. All right, Lois, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Pete in California has some walls that are cracking up. What can we help you with? Hi. I have a, um, a stucco house that's about 15 years old, and um, we want to have it painted. or Actually, I want to paint it, but the, uh, on the sun si- or where the sun shines on, the, on those uh, windows, Okay. There are diagonal cracks going out at the bottom of each corner, mm-hmm. and um, I was thinking about getting either a rasp or some type of bastard file, and I don't know if I should widen that up and put stucco over it again, or is there a better type of product like a caulk that will accept paint that won't shrink? Well, all right. I would not uh, try to patch those with more stucco. That crack area, which is adjacent to the bottoms of windows or really any of the window corners or above the corners of doors, that's pretty much where the move, where the wall moves. It's expanding, it's contracting, it's shifting. So if you patch that with more stucco material, if you, even if you widen out the crack, it's going to crack again. I would simply uh, suggest that you use an exterior-grade latex caulk that's going to be paintable, not silicone, but a latex caulk that's going to be paintable, and okay. just paint it. Because uh, it, this way it'll expand and contract you know, with the house, and it won't open up again. Pat in Indiana has a question about flooring. What can we do for you? I, I have a house, and, and it's a new house, and I put a flooring product on the floor, and then they had to take it up because it wasn't going together right like it should. Then they bought another one out and put it together in the living room floor, and it was the same thing. Then they bought the, the other one out and put it down. And it's rippled. Now they're telling me that it, it has a humidity problem. Uh, it's not the floor's fault, it's your fault. Is that what they're trying to tell you? That's what they're trying to tell me, right. yes. Well, when did you put this floor down? What month of the year was it? In the February, 1st of March. Hmm. And by June, it was uh, all in, in rippled? In three months, it was ri- starting to ripple, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, it sounds to me like they did something wrong. Was What kind of flooring material was this? Was it uh, solid hardwood or was it something else? It was three-quarter inch solid hickory. Three-quarter inch solid hickory. Well, it sounds to me like there's a problem with the installation. In terms of the moisture, well, listen, hardwood floor is designed to stand all sorts of moisture from high humidity to low humidity. Well, I'm sure it got a bit damp as it does in the summer in, in, in uh, Indiana. Uh, I don't think that's the cause of the problem. I think that there was some issue with the installation. Probably that it didn't leave any any room for it to expand and contract. It might have been too tight. Is it rippling across the entire surface or just uh, in, in spots? Mostly across the entire surface, except there's a few spots that are flat. Yeah. Sounds to me like this needs to be resanded. Is it sort of curving up where it presses together? Yes. Yeah, it sounds to me like this needs to be resanded and refinished. So, can you tell me who does that? Well, a floor sanding company would do that. You could the, the sanding's pretty is pretty difficult to do, but the finishing is easy to do. You could have a painter do the finishing. Floor sanding, you want to have somebody do it that does it every day, a floor refinisher. Now, in terms of the humidity issue, you shouldn't have to add any kind of humidity control. 
But if you wanted to, because it's uncomfortable, you could install what's called a whole home dehumidifier, which is installed into your HVAC system and removes excess moisture 24-7. You know, a good source for it is April Air. And that website is aprilair.com. They make a whole home dehumidifier. We put one in uh, on a project we did for a TV show uh, on a house that had a very severe moisture problem that was causing mold, and it took care of it. It was a a good installation and a good solution. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next, we're going to have some news about a pretty popular construction material that could pose a pretty significant fire hazard to your home. We're talking about corrugated stainless steel tubing. It's very popular. It's used for gas lines. And if it's not installed correctly, it could cause a major, major hazard. We'll have all the details you need to know next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home suite. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And all of you Money Pit fans out there, maybe you love to listen to the show while you're driving around in your car and you missed something that you wish that you caught. Or maybe you heard a product that you thought, oh, that's perfect for the project I'm working on, but you can't remember the name. Not a problem. All you need to do is head over to moneypit.com and you can search a year's worth of transcripts of the show by date or by topic. It is completely free. It's all at moneypit.com. You will never miss a thing again. 888-666-3974. Before the break, we were talking about this corrugated stainless steel tubing, or CSST. It's been more popular in recent years, especially over the last two decades. It's a flexible alternative to that rigid black iron pipe that's used in gas lines in residential, commercial, and industrial buildings. Now, it's easier to install because it's flexible, and it does offer a savings in labor costs for builders. When installed properly, it's safe and it's strong, and it doesn't have very many risks. But... When it's put in incorrectly, it's a major potential fire hazard that could lead to very serious damage in your home. Now, our friends over at Angie's List, they offer the following advice. If you have a home that was built or remodeled since 1988, it could have this corrugated stainless steel tubing, CSST pipe. Now, reliable, well-trained home inspectors, they can easily determine whether the CSST pipes were properly installed. You know, lightning has been the culprit in most of these CSST-related fires. There's either a lack of or inadequate bonding or grounding, which causes arching damage to the tubing. And this might lead to a puncture in the CSST, which could cause a gas leak and then huge damage to your house. So get it inspected if you fit that mold of 1988 and on, renovations, new construction. Make sure your house is built and secured properly so you don't have any issues in your money pit. Good advice. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? Lewis in Florida needs some help with a countertop installation. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, hi, guys. Um, I have a countertop that I want to put on um, granite tiles on. Now, I, I'm in a, in a bit of a dilemma. 
the uh, I'm told that I can just use some the special adhesive and put the tiles on top of the existing counter, and uh, that, that would be secure just fine. However, uh, it would make the counter look very thick, mm-hmm. um, the original countertop plus tile. And, and Or I can go ahead and uh, start from scratch and put a whole new board and, you know, and then put my, uh, my tiles. How thick are these granite tiles, Lewis? The tiles are actually about half-inch thick. A half an inch. They were like floor tiles. Mm-hmm. I definitely would remove that old countertop, and I would possibly put down like a cement backer board as the base. You know, go with the one that's like a quarter inch, half an inch, and put that right. down as the base. That'll give you excellent adhesion to the mastic that you're going to use for the granite tiles themselves. Now, the granite tiles are the edges. Are they sort of er, beveled at the corner, or are they perfectly square? They're perfectly square. Perfectly square. I would, if possible, try to butt them super duper duper close together where you don't need to grout. Some people choose to space them a little bit to give them a grouting situation. It's totally up to you. But I I don't know, Tom, how you feel about that. I totally think the grout is optional. I do, too. I think um, today that the, the, the ungrouted look is actually kind of very trendy and looks pretty cool. I prefer the ungrouted. And they suggested me to go ahead with it that, that I must do it. And I'm really happy to hear that I can actually do it without it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a go. And I would definitely remove that other countertop. You want to get something that's moisture-proof and moisture-resistant. Um, Georgia Pacific has a, what do they call their cement backer that's moisture-resistant? The uh, Dens Tile Backer? Dens Tile Backer. It's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. It would be perfect for that application. It's easy to work with, and it would be great for a countertop. Excellent. Well, I will go then that, that way then. All right, Lewis, send us some pictures when you're done. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. James in Virginia needs help with a tiling project. What can we do for you? Yes, I moved into an older home in, in Virginia, and the kitchen is a uh, tile, but it, it's not very pretty. And I was trying to see if I can put a new tile on top of that tile. Are you talking about the floor or the countertop? The floor. Is it in good condition? Are you noticing any cracks in the tiles themselves, not the grout? Like, do you feel like the tile floor that's existing is very sturdy and stable? It's very sturdy, and it's not war, but it's just a pattern that's not very pretty to me. If everything is in good condition and you're not getting a lot of movement, and movement would be bad because if you're getting movement in the subfloor, then you're going to get cracks in the tiles. Yeah, original tile makes a lousy subfloor for new tile if it's moving. Yeah. I think if everything is sturdy and solid, I think it's an okay situation to go on top of it. But you do want to keep in mind, now you're going to be facing a very thick flooring situation. And now anything that's under your countertops, like your dishwasher, you want to make sure that you've got enough clearance for that because you don't, number one, want to tile this dishwasher into place. So you want to make sure that the legs on the dishwasher have enough movement to accommodate the new tile underneath it. Yeah, and that's a distinct possibility with uh, putting two layers of tile in the kitchen. It's hard enough to keep put one layer in there and not have it overwhelm the dishwasher with two. You know, it might not work. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So we're into the new year, and maybe you've got a house on the block that is still aglow with Christmas lights. Not so bad for this weekend, but what happens when it's February? Well, don't be that neighbor. You want to take down those lights in a timely manner and make sure they are put away properly for next year so they work. There's nothing worse than standing outside in a cold 
December day trying to figure out why the light stream won't go on when it worked last year. Well, we're going to give you some tips on how to store that stuff correctly so it works again next year after this. You're in a money pit. The Money Pit is being brought to you by Guardian Home Standby Generators, America's choice in power outage protection. Learn more at guardiangenerators.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974 for the answer to your home improvement question and a chance to win this hour's prize, which is the Kill a Watt electricity meter worth 30 bucks. It's a tool that will help you assess the efficiency of your electrical appliances. I already know which of my appliances are inefficient. And? It's the uh, lights in my kids' rooms. Why do you say that? Because they, they leave, leave them, them on, on all the time. time. <laughs> I need the green switch for when the kids get on the bus in the morning so I can shut down the second floor. <laughs> One switch, all the lights off. <laughs> and then the electricity bill would just sort of settle down Drop after drastically. that. drastically. Yeah, they might catch call you. catch wind off my meter. You know? <laughs> Your service company might call you up and be like, uh, Mr. Kreitler, is everything okay? We noticed a drastic drop oh, in your energy usage. Oh, I got a lovely basket cheer from the utility company <laughs> at the holidays this year. <laughs> Give us a call right now with your home improvement projects. We are here to help you get those jobs done. All right. Well, the holidays are officially over, so it is time. Put on your list. Take down those sparkly decorations so you don't become that neighbor who's got that petrified wreath in April or worse August. You really want to make sure that you be the good neighbor, take everything down, and you want to store it properly. So here's what you need to do. While you're taking down all your decorations and your lights, make sure you check everything that you're removing for any damage that might have happened. You want to look at your lights. If you see any burnt out bulbs, go ahead and replace them and make sure you don't see any frayed wires from, you know, the weather or shoveling or any sort of incidents that might have happened around your lights. And now it's the best time to make sure that your lights are going to be in good working order for next season. Also, if there's any damage and the lights aren't working or something's gone awry, head to the stores now while they're still on the shelves and they're 50% off. So stock up this way. If things aren't working, you just open the new box. Now to store those holiday lights, you want to cut some cardboard into 12 by 9 pieces and wrap the lights around it to keep them nice and tidy and ready for next year. You also want to be sure to store those decorative items in clear plastic bins so you know exactly what's in there and also be sure that moisture doesn't deteriorate any of that holiday cheer. There's nothing less cheerful than opening up a box of moldy holiday decorations next year. You can put all of those items at the back of your storage area to allow those current seasonal items to be accessible. And that will get you good to go for next holiday season. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Leslie, let's get back to those phones. Who's next? Now we're going to talk to Michael in Colorado with a sprinkler question. What can we do for you today? Hi. Uh, this past summer, I uh, replaced uh, uh, most of the sprinkler heads in my front and backyard. And um, on one section, or actually on my entire backyard, I have approximately 17 uh, sprinkler heads. And I went from a Tauros head to a Rainbird. And what I'm noticing is that um, all the heads don't pop up, and it, they, they just barely spit out about four or five feet. And... Um, I was wondering, is, is, is there that big of a difference in sprinkler heads, and should I just switch back to the previous product? I thought all sprinkler heads were the same. 
Well, they're not all created equally, and I wonder if there's another issue in the design of the uh, Rainbird versus the Toro in terms of how much water pressure it needs to operate or, or something of that nature. Uh-huh. Have you talked to the manufacturer? Um, I spoke with them, and they had me do a couple of tests. They had me do a water pressure test, which yep. I had 46 mm-hmm. pounds, and they had me take a five-gallon bucket and see how long it takes to fill it up, and they said that I had seven and a half gallons per minute. Mm, and like I enough. had the water district come out and check for leaks, and um, they, they, everyone's saying that I shouldn't be having this problem. I've even gone one step further, and on a couple of quarter spray sprinkler heads, I even removed those because they weren't really that well needed. Yeah, I have an idea for you. What if you were to uh, essentially disconnect some of these sprinkler heads and, and temporarily plug up the sprinkler line? So maybe instead of having 17 heads, you're now running, say, maybe 10 and see what happens to those 10. See if you get the distribution you think you should be getting. Yeah, because I went from 15, from 17 to 15 and it helped a little bit. So maybe that is what I'll have to do. And Well, what, I'm, what I was suggesting, what I was thinking was if that works then what you might want to do is instead of having... Are those all in the same zone? Yes, in the same zone. Yeah, you know what? You may have too many heads on the same zone. So if that works, you may end up having to create a a separate zone because it certainly sounds like you don't have enough uh, water volume to to do the job with all those heads. And it does sound like an awful lot of heads for one zone. All right. I thank you for your help. You're welcome, Michael. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, do you have an old house? Have you ever had a heating bill that was so high you wonder if there's any darn insulation in there whatsoever? One of our emailers has got that very question. We're going to tell you how to do an insulation investigation next. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Owens Corning. It's easy to insulate your home and save money. What's stopping you? Learn more at insulateandsave.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Head on over to moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie to shoot us your email question. We're going to get to those in just a bit. And while you're there, hey, take a look at the Money Pit podcast. It's downloaded hundreds of thousands of times every month by listeners. You can catch up on past shows. You can... If you missed something, you could uh, download it and hear it again. You can also download our transcripts and look up something we may have mentioned uh, if you missed it coming out of your radio speakers. And again, click on Ask Tom and Leslie. Send us an email. Let's get some of those right now. All right. We've got one here from Mark in Grove City, Ohio, who writes, I'm debating on getting my old home insulated. Is there nothing in there now? (laughs) It was built in 1941, and I don't believe there is any insulation. I was thinking about going with foam insulation. If I insulate the roof line, would I then be insulating the shingles and causing them to hold more heat and get hotter in the summer and then less, well, less in their lifespan? Uh, Yeah, Mark, you would be. Listen, if you think you have no insulation, we need to set up some priorities for you here, my friend. The first priority Walls would be... Walls first, right? Well, no, attic first. Okay. Attic insulation is key. And not the roof rafters, by the way. The I'm assuming floor of that, the attic. Yeah, I'm assuming that your attic is not finished. In other words, it's not living space. So you would insulate the floor of the attic. Now, in most cases, you need about 19 inches of fiberglass or 22 inches of blown-in 
insulation. There's a good reference for how much you need and how to do this project at uh, insulateandsave.com. There's a homeowner's insulation guide that will help. Now, in terms of the walls, uh, you can use foam. There's also blown-in insulation, cellulose, and, and, and products like that. But I would say the first thing you should do is work on the attic because that's the easiest to access and will give you the best return on investment. The walls and the floor would be after that. And again, I would do the easy stuff first. Now, with respect to the walls, that's the hardest part. Even before I start thinking about drilling into those walls, I'd probably work on weather stripping and caulking and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing uh, as a next step. If you can access the floor, assuming you're over an unfinished crawl space, insulate that. Do the easy stuff first. You're going to see a big return on that investment. You'll be much more comfortable. You'll cut down on those energy bills. And I'd leave the walls to the end. All right. I hope that helps, Mark. Now we've got one here from Rose in Orange Park, Florida, who writes, While taking a shower in my daughter's upstairs bathroom, I noticed the water in the bathtub to be accumulating towards the front of the drain area. Also, some creaking sounds while stepping. What might this be? I don't think you should be taking showers in your daughter's bathroom, Rose, personally. (laughs) Apparently, that bathroom is not liking you too much. It's creaking. It's leaving all kinds of puddles and stuff. Uh, well, the creaking sounds are probably the floor underneath. Now, depending on how this bathtub was installed, you may, for example, if you had a fiberglass tub and it didn't have the proper type of support under it, mm-hmm. it could be causing some creaking. If it's an old bathroom and you've got some settlement, it could be cause some creaking. The other thing that creaks, by the way, and sounds a lot like a floor creak, is the plumbing pipes in the wall as they expand and contract and rub across the lumber that can also sound just like a, a floor creak. I might do some further diagnosis on this to try to figure out whether it's the plumbing or the tub itself and make my next move based on that. And you know what, Rose, to deal with that puddling that you see by the drain area, maybe you want to make sure that the drain isn't blocked. You know, Tom likes to suggest using a wet dry vac to sort of suck up any debris that might be causing some slow draining. That should help you there as well. And hopefully that helps your shower situation. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that we've helped you start off the new year with some great ideas for your home improvement projects, help you solve some of those do-it-yourself dilemmas and help you pick those projects that are going to make your house a beautiful, comfortable, and a safe place for many, many years to come. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Helping you build big dreams.